Trigger warning. This episode contains references to the themes of rape, sexual assault, and female genital mutilation, which some individuals may find distressing. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Hello, my friends. We meet again on another episode of the Afro Masculinity Podcast. My name is Onyango Otieno from Nairobi, Kenya. Today, we discuss the normalization of physical violence on a woman's body and its correlation with the effects of female genital mutilation. Join me. Am I excited to talk to you, converse with you, reason with you as we dive into this very significant conversation. According to Document Women, a curative media platform dedicated to battling erasure by documenting women's stories, a study has found that 27.6% of South African men aged 18 to 49 have raped a woman. In Why, When and How Men Rape, Understanding Rape Perpetration in South Africa, men listed boredom, a sense of sexual entitlement and punishment as motivation for rape. The men confessed to multiple rapes, adding that sometimes they raped women in groups as entertainment. 
A third of the men interviewed experienced no guilt and consequently had not experienced any form of punishment or consequence for their actions. In August 2022, over 80 men were accused of gang raping eight women and the armed robbery of a video production crew in Johannesburg. According to the police, the gang forced their way into the video shoot and raped eight women aged between 18 and 35 from the cast. The remaining men interviewed revealed that they sometimes worried about consequences. There had been action taken against them by their families, that of the victim and respected members of the community. It concluded that one in five of the men interviewed had been arrested for rape. It also claimed that rape is highly prevalent in South Africa, with only a small proportion of incidences reported to the police. Between April and June 2022, 9,516 rape cases were registered with the police, according to the National Minister of Police. 3,780 of them were reported to have happened in the homes of the rapists or victims. 1,546 of them were reported to have occurred in public places such as streets, parks, and beaches, or in public transport, including taxis and trains. It's paramount to note the majority of abuse against women and girls' bodies happens in intimate spaces, mostly at home, in their neighborhoods, with people they trust. There is a tenacious notion in our patriarchal culture forcefully directing where women's bodies belong, and that is under the supposed leadership and outright violence of men. It's true that male-on-male violence is instigated by the same power struggle men assume over women, stemming from the want for domination. But there is a difference that's rooted in sexual connotation and gender roles, as heterosexual men, for most parts, view women not as equal partners, but many times as subjects for their satisfaction and comfort. I think half of society, and by this I mean boys and men, is yet to fully grasp the effects of male violence against women, especially the bodily harm that is extraordinarily normalized. I saw it at home with how my father was profoundly comfortable being physically violent towards mom. How it was acceptable in movies I watched growing up and how rampant these stories came on the news, dare I say, to date. It's also largely vital to realize that patriarchy is a complex monster. In the way it affects heterosexual men, men who identify differently like transgender and gay and all other persons who live within and without the lgbtqia spectrum so it makes sense that 
we have women who enforce patriarchal values on their children and even spouses. It explains why they collaborate and are sometimes on the forefront of practices like child marriage and female genital mutilation, FGM. A research titled Socioeconomic and Demographic Determinants of Female Genital Mutilation in Sub-Saharan Africa Analysis of Data from Demographic and Health Surveys by Ahinkora B.O. Higan J.E. Ameyao E.K. and others found that FGM among women and their daughters are significantly associated with household wealth index with women in the richest wealth quantile and their daughters less likely to undergo FGM compared to those in their poorest wealth quantile. Across education, the odds of women and their daughters undergoing FGM decreased with increasing level of education as women with higher level of education had the lowest propensity of undergoing FGM as well as their daughters. You can definitely tell it is also a class issue. FGM has no health benefits and it harms girls and women in many ways. It involves removing and damaging healthy and normal female genital tissue and interferes with the natural functions of girls' and women's bodies. Although all forms of FGM are associated with increased risk of health complications, the risk is greater with most severe forms of FGM. Immediate complications of FGM can include severe pain, excessive bleeding, genital tissue swelling, fever, infections, example, tetanus mostly because of the kind of tools that are used for the exercise, urinary problems, wound healing problems, injury to surrounding genital tissue, shock, and in some cases, unfortunately, death. The long-term complications can include urinary problems, which manifest as painful urination or urinary tract infections, Vaginal problems, which look like discharge, itching, bacterial vaginosis, and other infections. Menstrual problems, like painful menstruations, difficulty in passing menstrual blood, etc. Scar tissue, sexual problems, like pain during intercourse or decreased satisfaction. Increased risk of childbirth complications. So you find some women 
have difficult delivery or excessive bleeding and newborn deaths. Need for later surgeries, for example, the sealing or narrowing of the vaginal opening may lead to the practice of cutting open the sealed vagina later to allow for sexual intercourse and childbirth. Sometimes genital tissue is stitched again several times, including after childbirth. Hence, the woman goes through repeated opening and closing procedures, further increasing both immediate and long-term risks. Psychological problems, which could include depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, and or low self-esteem. In the last episode, we spoke about the perceived benefits of FGM that have made it very difficult to eradicate this painful and incredibly harmful practice. Please have a listen to it. We all have a big role to play in educating each other about harmful practices. We know culture is important. Culture is beautiful. But then if there are beliefs that take away more from us than they give it's only responsible that we question them I want to give gratitude to Akini who helped me with the voiceover at the beginning of the podcast. She is also the host of the Semi-Scribbled podcast where she reviews her experiences with the books she's reading. You want to check that out. This episode is sponsored by Youth Hub Africa in partnership with the African Youth Commission and the UNFPA UNICEF Joint Partnership to End Female Genital Mutilation. For more information, please visit youthandfgm.org. I have been your host, Onyango Otieno. It's always a pleasure having you around. Till next time, take care of yourself. I am your-